We are live! <laughs> Welcome Super. to Live Lunch. We are on um, season three, episode five. Wow, we're getting through them quick, aren't mm. we? I feel like this is our 31st episode. I think, don't quote yeah. me on this. Um, I, I think we are on our 31st episode. You're worried about being well, box set? Like, <laughs> we're doing like Netflix box sets so we could work our way through the series. And yeah. Yeah, this is a season three. Wow. So yeah, how do I do that? How do I go back and read? How do I, how do I binge? Really live good question. I'm so glad you asked. If yeah, you like watch previous uh, Live Lunch episodes, they're all on What's YouTube. Um, all on YouTube, all on Spotify. Search for Live Lunch on Spotify and it should bring you up all the previous episodes or on YouTube. Oh, exciting. All the previous uh, So you can spend your entire weekend watching Any personal back back. Any uh, personal greats? Personal favourites that we should go for. Wow, you sprung this on us. I really enjoyed doing the Christmas one. Christmas. That was good it's a Christmas yeah, one. Yeah, there was a Christmas special. I've missed all this. That I've been too fun. busy working yeah. in the church, serving yeah. everyone. That's what it is. So carry on. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, because you mm. preached on Sunday. But so. before Steve starts talking, we've got lunch. <laughs> oh. Yes. Yeah. Burgers from Jobs is a new place that's opened on Hove. Uh, did we get any information? Our wonderful intern, Chubbs. Joe, went and got us some food from Chubbs. You become what uh, you eat. Nothing beyond. Will 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 Joseph. Will Will Joseph Will 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 I now work for the church, have been for about about 15 years, I think. Um, I was nursing before that, and pretty well from the moment I came full-time, I have been responsible for the pastoral care of the church. Um, Doing a great job. Thank you very much. That's what I do. You've done like 50 triathlons or something, Celia, haven't you? Oh, well, I did... I did a lot of triathlons before becoming a Christian, but because they happened on a Sunday, that was something I had oh, to sort of give up. Steve. But I have had fun of doing triathlons with <laughs> mates since at different times, and uh, yeah, love that. And marathons, done seven bright marathons, wow. and uh, London Marathon. Love to do Berlin and Amsterdam, funnily enough. Yeah. And if Krakow have got one in Ottawa, I'll probably go and try and do that. That's, that's the next goal is international marathons and you helped me on my running journey so i barely got to i did couch to 5k ish and i got to 5k and then i went for a run the next weekend with steve and steve took me to 10k so i went from 5k to 10k in consecutive runs and that was thanks to steve Fong. That's very good. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What a guy. Um, we are, this is, Thursday is mental health day. Mm. So we'll be showing a lot, lots of content. Um, the feedback from this preacher, I feel weird saying this because it sounds like I'm blowing my own trumpet. But I, well, I watched that blowing my own trumpet. I had nothing to do with the preaching. Um, we just get the, I just get the content out there. But we've had some really positive. Um, Tim Jones um, oversees our, teach, our preaching and research department. Mm-hmm. And he oversees the team that's involved with shaping preaching and uh, at Emmanuel. Uh, so really, I'm blowing your trumpet. Yeah, I'm saying this has been right a phenomenal so preaching yeah, series, um, and lots of really good uh, comments. I, I think, especially the preach that you did last Sunday, mm-hmm. where you spoke with the three hopes that we have hope hope in uh, in mental health services in the church and in Jesus, was just a brilliantly well-rounded preach where um, it acknowledged that yes, Jesus has the answers and he, and he does that through the church, but he's also provided us with. Um, oh, <laughs> and he's also provided us with um, with, with services and, and the NHS uh, to look after people and to care for people. And you said honor people who who work in mental health and and who um, who serve people who um, are, 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 are struggling with with various illnesses. And mm-hmm. 
And I thought that was massive because we're not saying, hey, we've got everything and come to us and yeah. know the wonderful things that the world has to offer. So I thought it was so well-rounded mm. and, and thank you for, just thank you for all the amount of time you spent preparing and, and shaping and, and teaching us. So yeah, well done, really well done on Sunday. But yeah, sorry, what's your 30-second summary of the breach? 30-second? Mm. <laughs> wow. I, I think um, for me that what was... I was, I was actually blown away with the, with the sense of response. So for me, that just showed a lot of where people are at. Mm. Um, feeling very much, I think, that was connecting with the people and where they're at, which was really encouraging. And I think that the theme of hope that very clearly came out of mm. Tim's and Alison's story... Um, and then, in a sense, where I felt led to end up with with the with the song, there is a hope. Mm. We just realised, I think. Did you sing it at New England? Yeah, Simon in the morning did. Simon no, did, did you it. sing it at the end of your preaching? No, no, that? you don't want me singing it. That, that, that would kill hope right there. Wow. And then, um, well, hope that most people feel. Oh, actually, maybe I can sing. That's different. No, um, no, I think uh, the the sense of hope. I think when mental illness comes. Um, I know even I alluded to my experience in the, in the preach. I think it's very easy to get hopeless um, and lose hope in all of it. And, and so I think it was bizarre that I think I ended up coming so strongly to it. Um, and, and for me personally, again, even you, you find you, you live a preach, um, just even some of the hopefulness I have for even our situation with mama and stuff. Mm. Just, mm. Um, I've painted a picture of bleakness and even that's been challenged a little bit. I think, actually, no, if Jesus is in all of this, then I should have hope and I should expect the things that Jesus does, even miracles, Brilliant. even joy, even laughter. And when actually, when I look forwards, I constantly was seeing dark things and yeah. difficulty and, and over-egging it in a sense. And I think, so again, bring, I think what Tim said about coming back to worship, coming back to Jesus and getting recalibrating calibrating I, just, I think you just said something really important there because you, you as a pastor, were looking forward feeling bleak. Yeah. And a lot of people won't know that. A lot of people will think, you know, obviously he's always in the word and, you know, every trouble that comes along, he's, he's got a scripture to battle it or something like that. Mm-hmm. But you, you mean that genuinely, don't you? When your mum's diagnosis with dementia yeah. and walking through that road initially. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Um I quickly lean into that actually because I, I mean, actually, my strength of positivity, I'm the encourager. But when I personally deal with things, I need my gift back at me and I don't necessarily give it back to me. I need someone else to come with it. Uh, and actually, I live in emotions. So having a wife who actually can come away from emotions and speak truth, but actually, I need that in the, again in the church. So the needs I was speaking about, mm. you realize oh, I need that. I need that all the time. Mm. And yes, yeah, so I think again, even when you're engaging with a, a, a topic, um, and then you're actually, oh, I'm living this, and then actually, but I'm not living in the good of this, then you go through a process. And I think uh, that's definitely what happened to me. And I, I do default to bizarrely negativity and sort of dramatic ends mm. rather than being a bit more rational and um, yeah, hopeful. <clears throat> uh, others, I'll be quick to the hope. For my own life, I can live a different story sometimes. With us being in Mental Health Week, there's so much content out there. I was listening to BBC Radio and they're just the interviews that they have on there. So if you do get a chance to, to check out some of the stuff that they have on, uh, I guess, I play at the moment, there's some brilliant stuff on how, and how could you, you really help people with um, who are going through mental health 
issues and, and quite often it's stuff that people don't talk about it's just in their minds and, and they don't they don't talk about it they, they don't want to bring the conversation out so I came across this thing on, on Instagram yesterday where this dad left a little note in his I think in, in his in his daughter's room so it said if you ever need to speak about something just bring me this this little card and I know that we, we need to talk or I, I know that you just need me to be there with you and I thought that was brilliant like, uh, what what would you say are, are some of the um the ways we can a be sensitive uh and and really serve and, and look out for people who who have any mental health uh issues amongst us I interesting what you said that's that's huge actually because I've seen that modeled a number of times in the church where people come up with a system so even on text they'll do daily text and it's just red light green light amber or thumbs up thumbs down and I think sometimes when you are when you're under a bad day or you're really struggling, it's even an effort to, you know, we, well, just tell me, why didn't you tell me? Well, I, I couldn't, mm. but I can, I can press a button, I can text, I can give you a sign, I can, if we've got an agreement of, it, do you know what I mean, it's helpful. And I, I think that, that, is, that is really huge to have people who you don't have to say more than it's hard or mm. yeah. that or that. Mm. I think sometimes that's really important because at that point then they know how, and I think often they've learned how to respond to you. They know what you need. They know that that may be just prayer. That may be just encouragement. Maybe let's go and have a drink. Mm. Let's find a context where I know you can alive. Quick practical on that. I know there'll be people listening who, to whom they tell that that's the lifeline I need. How do they, how do you get to that if you if you don't have that kind of context? Yeah. You mm. don't have that kind of relationship. Brilliant. That's really. I mean, I. <laughs> use the word journey a lot but I think that's probably a bit of a journey really I think firstly obviously in our church context that's probably just telling someone struggling and getting to a pastor because I think we we can then help you know so even forming friendships or how do we so that again it's things like again leading onto small group and getting how can we get community either around you because sometimes the expression is well you're coming to us but sometimes no who could go to you and walk with you so because Jesus is incarnational but he also brings us into community and getting that balance right. But I think it's it's just saying, I, even if you don't have what I've just said, saying, I need this, and us being able to go, right, how do we put that around you? How do we help you? And I think that's it. And then, and then it's the ability for you again, because I think often some people have lived with this so long that relationships have so broken down that even the idea of building a relationship would take energy, hope, and so how do we help you do that is even start the process because you may take a while to actually build some of those relationships around you um, and so yeah so I think it starts with I need this help uh, and then I suppose for us as a church it's then well how do we do that and it, it, again it's not making it complicated it's just simple well who knows you who, or who or who could connect with you and then and it, often it's around an interest or you know, a desire that you both share. So it's not like, oh, I've got to go and sit with this person I have nothing in common with. No, the advantage of even being a bigger church at times is there's, I can often think of, oh, you'll get on with them, or I think maybe that connection, and, and it'd be a joy to them. So I think that that's mm. probably where I'd So to crystallise it there, just I really want to make sure that people actually get yeah. that. Because he said it, but it's just, Going, going to a pastor, going to someone who's who's there, recognised within the sites of Emmanuel, or if it's another church, going to to your pastor, 
and realizing that actually they're kind of a gateway to a whole community mm. uh, and are, you, you know have your best interests at heart they want to link you in they want they want to see you placed within a family there so, mm. so would you so if, if in conversation with somebody you think hold on a second you need you need more help than just talking to people within a community what would you do with that okay but well, I think yeah I think if the help is help yeah and I don't feel safe or I don't feel then immediately we would we'd want to get you to a GP yeah um, and encourage you to and I think even that sometimes we have to say um, well when are you going to make an appointment ring them on the day have you made the appointment because even that's a step sometimes mm. and I think there'll be a number in our fellowship where we've had to even that's a step process mm. but I can't really help you until you've got the right help uh, and if you're feeling unsafe then you need to have and again, if, if you're right now, you can't even do that, and this is really unsafe. Okay, well, I'm going to have to ring an ambulance. Mm. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to have to get you emergency care because your situation is an emergency. I'm not able to deal with that, but we have services that deal yeah. with emergencies all the time, um, and so that's what I'm going to do for you. Yeah. Um, and hopefully, I can get go with you, or someone can go with you on that journey, even there. Um, but that's what needs to happen right now. Yeah. Um, as pastors and, and teachers, what would you say to somebody who is really struggling with, well, let's say, depression? And, uh, and I was talking to a friend on Sunday after the service, and, and they were saying how just getting out of bed is really hard, and I, I, don't, want to, I don't have the strength to face the day. I just mm. want to stay in bed all, all day. What would you say to them? What would, what would you encourage them to do? Well, the fact that your friend yeah. is important because I think again it's where if we have built some relationships then next Sunday that person doesn't come they can't get out of bed or they don't turn up to small they, you know you notice they're not there that they're known and they're missed I think then there's a text how you, you're right don't get a reply okay try again I'm maybe gonna go around but there's a safety mechanism of relationship there um, and I think it's the more you've put those relationships out, and again, it's not just one. You want a few friends like that who would miss you, because I might be away next Sunday, but they're not, and they notice you've gone. And so again, it's this painstaking ability to repair relationships, to build relationships around you, so that it's not all on me anymore. But it's also not all on them, because mm. you can't. Ultimately, some days it's still up to you. Mm. To do the hard work of getting up, getting out of bed—that's that's in a sense. But often they're your friend again. They've managed to do that. Again, what you find is people are incredible and courageous to have got to where they've got to. And when you start unpacking a story like that, mm. you realise. So how long have you been like this? Oh, four years. Wow. Mm. How have you done that? That it's not a oh poor you or mm. it's you. You find with these situations you're like, wow, there is strength in you. There is there's a real fight in you. Yes, you don't feel like it, but I can see it because if I was in your shoes, I don't think I would have got out of bed, yeah. you know? Yeah. And we're fortunate God gives us things to walk through mm. that he knows, you know, we can bear with his help. Mm. But I'm often finding myself going, I don't know how I do that. Mm. I don't know how you're doing that. And I think, again, they expect you to probably have sympathy or mm. actually, you know, I, I find the more you find these stories or these people talk to you like you see it rightly yeah. wow that is incredible what would you say to somebody who is in bed and doesn't have the strength to get out of bed it's okay just rest 
pray for you. Um, you know, <laughs> I had a book, I can't remember, uh, it's Otberg, The Life You Always Wanted. He said, some days the most spiritual thing you can do is go to bed mm. and sleep. It's a lesson I didn't learn early enough, to be honest. But uh, but when you did learn it, you took it really seriously. Oh man, I have I have taken it very seriously. Yeah. No, I so in a very busy season now, yeah. I feel like my my days are crammed. I, the time I go to bed is pretty set. The time I get up in the morning is pretty set. It's difficult. Sometimes I'm like yeah, I need to turn the alarm off. But I think the reality is I can take a nap. Where can I get space to rest? Where can I shut my eyes? Even if I don't sleep, again, even that the idea of oh, but I'm going, you know. If that's where you're at, then be there, and I'm going to pray God's with you in it. Mm. Mm. And, and I know when I had a burnout and I was stuck on the sofa for a couple of weeks, I've never known God speak to me so wonderfully than He did in that moment. Wow! And and again, it was a very spiritual time, mm. but I, I was able to do nothing. And I think when people, when friends saw me, I mean, I was never like that, Mr. Energy. They realised, oh, this is not the time to tell him to get out of bed. In fact, I'm glad he's in bed because he's, we've been wanting, you know, we've seen it in a sense. And, and friends, when you do that, you, so I think there's an element where you just recognize, I think this is right for you. There is a point where you realize, I think you can do more. Yeah. I think you're ready. How about today just getting up and just getting up for an hour and come for a walk with me. Um, let's have a breakfast mm. and then go back to bed. There's a point where we start walking out of the pit, but I think there's times where you don't want to pull people out of the pit mm. too soon because that's a God's doing something. He's either healing, restoring, or he's speaking. Mm. And you don't want to get into the conversation if, if that what's happening there is life changing. And I again I look at when I was in, in that bed, I, I, I keep going back to that time. The things he said there were very loud in my life and shaping, and I'm living in the good of it now. Someone could have said, Come on, Steve, and you know what? The people pleaser in me will probably have tried to get out of bed but that would have been the work because what God was dealing with mm. me was people pleasing <laughs> so yeah I think it, it, it it's like I said with the Job thing the bigger question is how is God using this yeah. what is God doing here and we often see things wrongly and we don't understand again that God is profoundly doing things on the quiet silently like he did with Jesus yeah true changing the world, changing someone's life, and yet no one sees it, unless you're in it, and then you see it, but isn't recognizing, oh, this is a God thing. This isn't a bad thing, this is a God thing. Mm. Uh, and therefore, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand by it, I'm gonna encourage it, I'm gonna pray for it, um, but I'm not gonna quickly change it. Um, we have had some questions in from the text number that we've been putting up on Sundays. So I'm gonna just read um, one of these and open it up to you guys. Um, cool. Okay, this first one is, it's great that the church are getting on board slash informed with this huge issue that is so prevalent in our society. I have a daughter with special needs that has autism and severe anxiety slash challenging behavior. Countless times I've been asked if I had considered that it could be demonic. This is really unhelpful and ill-informed. Where does the church stand on this? Tim. Mm. Yeah, we can certainly hear the, the, the emotion in in the question. Yeah. You, so I don't want to again. I don't want to be glib in the way that you pick up and answer something like this. I think we we believe in the reality of a, a spiritual domain, and we believe uh, that we live we live our lives in light of the unseen, and that's that's the, the nature of what's going on here. But 
It, I, I think I know where the question is coming from in terms of like a crass uh, correlation between uh, spiritual oppression and physical illness or mental illness. Mm. Um, uh, we, we, we wouldn't go to the extent of saying that these things don't occur together. We think that people are a, a unity. We don't, we don't really think that there's sections of you like a mind, body and the spirit. We think that, mm. uh, that scripture deals with the person as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, and deals with the person not in isolation from other people or from spiritual forces. So mm-hmm. we, d- we wouldn't, wouldn't ascribe that. And then on the other, other hand, you, you'd say that um, there's, there's a lot of mystery in the way that illnesses manifest. And uh, I think if, particularly out of a sense of uh, worry, there can be a reflex reaction in spiritually minded Christians uh, to, see, to see spiritual... Um, oppression behind every kind of physical manifestation especially especially more un- unusual things that affect people's behavior i think it can be tempting to make snap decisions there which uh, are not necessarily the case so i think that it's a complex issue i think so uh, it'd be right to say that sometimes you, you do have um, a spiritual oppression that manifests as a physical illness or as a mental illness for sure i think mm-hmm. that it's a complex that's going on but to say that that's always and only the case is, is just too strong so mm-hmm. You got something on that, Steve? No, I just I think uh, again it's that we we're physical beings, so we always come down to the physical, but also we are spiritual beings. And I think particularly some people become so aware of that they they just constantly think spiritually as well. And I think sometimes that that question comes out of someone who is just become very spiritual, or, or and I think that's the danger of Christians. Sometimes it's suddenly everything becomes spiritual, which is again not helpful as as. Uh, Tim says that we need to be able to put our feet on both both stones very clearly and understand that a person is a whole, but also a person is is who God has made them to be, and and that that there's something that He sees that we're learning to see. I think as a pastor, um, you know, with a child with say complex needs or disability, I mean, I work with disabled kids all the time. It's amazing how the the more you try you engage with the person, you stop seeing the disability. Mm, brilliant. So I think with a with a mum, that question is so alien mm. because well, this is my child, mm. and, and I think there's a point at which you stop seeing the disability, not in out of denial thing, but because they're mm. they're Sam or they're Julian or they're Francis, they're mm. they're not what you're seeing, which is a disabled child. And I I learnt that. Wow. And I think mm. I learnt there's always someone there. And it is incredible how you, you just cease to see. And I mean, and you cease to allow boundaries for some of those people because you think, if they desire that, I think they could do that. So mm. I spent my life doing that with disabled kids. You know, what could they do? But because you know them and know their character, you know yeah. what their desires are, you start to push away physical barriers out the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think parents um, can get misunderstood because they see their kids mm. as individuals. Mm. I think that's how God sees us. Um, and so, I, again, I think that question really judders because it's like I don't understand what you're because if you almost stop seeing the physical it's all relational mm. now and, uh, and, and you sorry, sorry Jimmy, and you can yeah. like focus on all the things that they can't do yeah when actually there's a whole bunch of things that they can do absolutely and they're quite incredible what the, the yeah. stuff that they can do I remember when we were dealing with that is an issue with one of our kids wisely somebody it was James Foreman actually who comes to the, saying don't focus on the things that they can't do just look at all the amazing things that they can do and, and look at your child as as your child irrespective of the disability mm-hmm. and I think it was wonderful it just yeah. was very very relaxing and I think as somebody is uh, when you when you it's so foolish 
do this brushstroke people who I guess who fall within a certain category and assuming everybody um, we would know that because we would say that about racism and a whole bunch of things that if you if you caricature an issue you you miss out on the uniqueness and and something about that individual so I just wanted to underline what you said that's good um, we are coming to a close scene but I just want to ask one more question what are you putting your hope in for your mental peace <laughs> ah. not your singing gosh not my singing no please not <clears throat> <laughs> um. oh. my hope in, well I mean uh, the, the answer is always Jesus as we know this so uh I guess it's more of a how. Like how, yeah. how are you doing that in this season of life? And I, th- I think it's important to acknowledge uh, that it changes from season to season. I can remember yeah. when John Hosier was here, he's one of the, the pastors, uh, when he first joined the church, and he said, you know, one of his life mantras was to always maintain a close walk with Jesus and recognize that it looks different from mm-hmm. season to season. Very good. Um, Very good. So assessing that, I'll just put the question back to Steve. <laughs> oh, thanks. How are you finding your joy? In well, it's season? funny, I've been saying it to a number of people in the last few days, even on the back of that preach where you talk about hope, God's commitment to us, um, that he's the finished work of the cross, that he's left nothing, he's not left nothing to chance. And, and if we are living in the fullness of that, then where I am today is where God wants me. And I think that's really important. So I am every day, right now, where I'm at. I mean, like, yeah. You know, the, the weird thing of preaching after ten, you know, ten years. He'll say I preach at Christmas, but um, <laughs> I didn't yeah, pull me up. But <laughs> but in a sense, for me, I could have spent the last ten years thinking, "Oh, I'm not preaching," but I didn't. I my my season was posturing. Mm. What does that mean tomorrow? Doesn't mean I'm going to preach again. I don't. I don't. It doesn't matter. Is it? What, what matters actually it, and I, even I don't do, because I so died to that but actually it's more no, well what does God want with me tomorrow well I'm not preaching tomorrow I'm, I'm going to be with people again and the next day and so whatever I've got in my diary whatever I've got planned whatever I, when I'm with my kids and my family I believe Jesus has got blessing for me and blessing and he wants to use me as a blessing for mm. whoever I'm in front of whatever I'm doing and he wants me to enjoy him and be happy and, and, and find his peace and his so for me, I'm, I'm saying to a lot of people, you just need to know God's got you where he wants you mm. and he's given you everything for today. And, and, and again, we've, I think that's a mantra a little bit for this series is, mm. and don't worry about tomorrow, live in the good of what Christ has for you today. Sorry. It may be you lying in bed all day. Yeah. It may be you having the best, most productive day in the world, but both at the end of the day, you'll say, thank you that you mm. gave me grace for today. Sorry. And I think that brings a peace because then, oh, okay, so it's just day at a time. I can do that. Mm. Next year, five years, financial challenges, family changes. Ooh, no, today, mm. today. So good. Thanks so much. We are right. We've run out of time. Um, just to say, if you are the manual, our, our small groups uh, kick off this week. So one of the big things is talk to people, get to know people, yeah. uh, engage with our community. There's hundreds of people who uh, are worth getting to know and a few not so much, but they are in this room, <laughs> so that's okay. Uh, we are manual.com forward slash small groups uh, and, and sign up to a small group uh, and it's lovely. Um, next week, we are, well, this Sunday, we are looking at sex on your mind. And man, we've got some really powerful stories which we are going to drop on Instagram uh, this week, so look out for them. They're just oh, very, yeah. very moving stories of people just being really vulnerable with, with their journey. Uh, and then Matt Carville will be will be preaching to us on uh, how we can face anxieties around sex. Mm-hmm. So that's next Sunday, which we'll be unpacking at Live Lunch next week. Thanks so much for joining us. 
Thanks so good to have you with us, Steve Thank Horn you, and Tim Jones, and see you next week. <laughs>